0: Welcome to the Fit Vegan podcast, the show where we help you optimize your health, fitness and mindset on a whole food plant-based lifestyle. My name is Maxim Seguin. I am a former triathlete, powerlifter, bodybuilder and basketball player. And I've been vegan for 9 years. I've also been able to coach over 350 vegans from 20 different countries to completely transform their bodies and their health. I'm excited for you to listen to today's episode. Let's get into the show good morning everyone and welcome to another episode of the fit vegan podcast as you saw by the title today i'm going to be sharing some tips and tricks with you to help you wake up early and feel energized all right so if you follow me on instagram you probably uh, heard that i am currently reading the book um why sleep matters by dr matthew walker i think that's the title of the book why sleep why sleep matters it's one of those two why sleep matters very interesting book um, going in depth a, a, into, like, obviously, the negative side effects of not having proper sleep, um, how it can affect your energy, your craving, your digestion, your weight loss, weight gain, uh, chronic diseases like Alzheimer, increasing risk in cancer and heart disease, and all that. If you've been, and again, if you know, I've been tracking my sleep for over three years now, at one point with the whoop, and now with the o ring on my finger, um, just a geek when it comes to sleep. So I thought I would make a little list of things that, um, you know, through through research, through reading, and just through personal experience that I found it made a huge difference in helping me get uh, good quality sleep, wake up early and just feel energized throughout the day. So I have my little notes here of, uh, of some of these things that you can look into. So the number one thing, is we all we have to understand that we all have a different sleep chronotype right you probably heard of people saying that they're night owls right that they're just awake later at night and that's when they feel the most creative you probably heard of people that just naturally wake up really early and just like they wake up and they're ready to go and some people that wake up and they're groggy for the first 2 3 hours of the day and there's people that kind of like the 9 to 5 or 10 to wake up So there's different sleep chronotypes. There's the bear, which is, you know, working from nine to five. So you wake up at like 7 a.m. ish naturally. You go to bed around like 10 p.m. ish naturally. That's the one that I am. I think there's a lion where it's someone that wakes up naturally really early, like four to 6 a.m. There's a night owl, which I think they call it like the wolf where you um, just more productive at nights, you tend to go to bed maybe at like midnight or 1 p.m. And then there's a dolphin which are kind of the one that uh, have a little bit more trouble sleeping. Their sleep is a little bit more irregular. So there's a, a quiz online, it's called the power of when quiz. If you just type that, what I invite you to do is go in there and answer the questions as honestly as possible the first time. Don't take the quiz twice. Um, to try to change your answer for it to fall on what you want it to be. Just answer honestly the first time. You'll get the answer and they'll give you a little bit more information as to like what your sleep chronotype is and when it's better for you to do certain things. For example, when it's better for you to do your most important work in the day, when it's better for you to work out in the day, when it's better for you to you know, start eating whatever it may be. So they give you a lot of great insights. Now, I'm not gonna say that this is hundred percent accurate all the time, but it's honestly a great foundation and a great place for you to start once you have a better understanding of like what is your sleep chronotype. I always, you know, f- for the longest time I'm trying to force myself to wake up at 4-5 a.m. because I want to be a part of the four or five a.m. club, but I would just be so groggy and it would take me so long for my brain to get into gear so I could start that that deep work, that productive work in the morning. And in the evening time, I was just completely exhausted. It just felt like I was never in alignment. And so eventually I just decided to let myself sleep in and see at what time I would wake up at. And I did that for a week. I naturally was tired around like 9.30, 10 p.m. at night. And I naturally woke up between six and 7 a.m. And so what I did is I shifted my whole life to match between these hours. So normally I would just do deep work in the morning. Now I just do a little bit less uh, in the morning and I just kind of shift everything over because I do have, to be upfront, a lot of flexibility in my schedule, but I identify like when do I naturally get tired, when do I naturally wake up, and then I shifted my life to be able to wake up around these times, right? And so, if for some of you you tend to wait, you stay up later at night because that is your sleep sleep chronotype, not because you're watching Netflix, right? This is not a sleep chronotype if you're watching Netflix. And for you, it's better to wake up later, and that's when you normally work out. Well, what if you, you know, sleep in a little bit more? And then do your workout midday during your lunch break or in the afternoon or evening time, right? That way you can kind of get to wake up naturally without an alarm. That's a big thing that made a huge difference for me is to stop using alarm. And I stopped about three months ago and it's a game changer. I don't know for you guys, but when an alarm goes off, it just stresses me out. And I did the trick that I taught my members, like put the phone away from your bed. So you can't just turn around and press snooze. Like you have to get up to actually go close the phone. That way, like you're up, it's harder for you to go back into bed. So it's kind of like as a motivator to like not press news and go back into bed. But not using alarm has been amazing, right? I used to put an alarm for 6 a.m. And then if I didn't put one, I wake up at 6.30, I'm like, what's 30 minutes extra, right? I'd rather wake up without the alarm, feel rejuvenated and rested, than feel stressed at 6 a.m. when the alarm goes off. So identifying your sleep chronotype is a big thing. And I invite you to try to pivot Um, your schedule a little bit around that. I'm not saying like not everyone will have the ability to completely shift their schedule to match that, but at least if you have a better understanding of like potentially what your sleep schedule is, try it for a little while, see how you feel. And I promise you there's a huge difference between if you're tired and groggy all day, or you could potentially sleep in 30 minutes longer or go to bed 30 minutes earlier, that it would make the world of a difference in the amount of energy during the day. So that's the number one thing you can do, just take a little quiz and give it a shot. Point number two is caffeine timing, right? Caffeine is the most abused drug and legal drug in the world. So there's a few things about caffeine. Caffeine has a half-life of 10 hours. So what that means is if you consume 200 milligrams of caffeine, which would be in like, you know, two, two and a half shots, two, three shots of espresso in the morning, 10 hours later, there is still 100 milligrams of caffeine in your body, right? Which would be the equivalent of like a slightly more than a shot of espresso. So you drink, for example, three in the morning, you get three shots of espresso in the morning, 10 hours later, you still have the equivalent of 1.5 shots going through your body, right? So that's why it's important to cut caffeine 10 hours before bedtime because or else it's gonna make it really hard for you to fall asleep. The other part is a lot of people just wake up and they go for coffee first thing in the morning, right? It's ideal to at least wait an hour so you can let your natural cortisol rise up and then drink caffeine instead of superficially spiking it with caffeine first thing in the morning. And also thing you have to consider is like when you wake up from thing in the morning, you're dehydrated, right? You didn't really drink water for seven to eight hours, you know, maybe less if you're sleeping less, you didn't really drink water. So we recommend for our members to drink a mixture of uh, water, lemon juice, and a little bit of pink Himalayan salt just to kind of replenish those electrolytes, rehydrate the body, alkalize the body, and then an hour later, drink a coffee. Because if you think about it, you wake up, you're dehydrated, right? low electrolytes because you haven't really consumed anything overnight. You're going to drink a liquid that's going to dehydrate you more. That's what caffeine does, right? And it's uh, acidic, right? So you're creating the opposite environments that you want to have in your body the first thing in the morning, which replenish your electrolytes. Be hydrated, be alkaline. So don't drink your coffee first thing in the morning. promise you'll make a world of a difference in your energy. Wait an hour, drink your coffee, and then cut caffeine 10 hours before bedtime. So that might mean if you wake up at 7, you have your coffee at 8, you can have your last coffee at, at noon, for example, because then you go to bed at 10, right? It still allows you to have two coffees or just a little bit more spread out. So the caffeine timing makes the world of a difference. Now, point number three is when you go to bed, you want a cold and dark room, right? Your core body temperature has to drop in order for you to fall into deep sleep. So you can't keep your, your room really hot, right? Because it's going to make it really hard for you to fall asleep and achieve that deep sleep, which is going to be restorative for you to f- wake up rejuvenated the next day. So keep your room cold and keep it dark because your eyes and your skin have sensors and always trying to figure out what time of the day it is, right? If it's sunny outside, it's going to be like, oh, it's daytime. Let's just stay awake. It's going to delay the production of some of those hormones, for example, like melatonin um, to help you fall asleep. That's why they say blue light is really bad thing because blue light is, you're basically activating your eyes. Like, hey, it's still daytime. Like stay awake, stay awake, stay awake, stay awake. That's why it's important to cut blue light, all right? So keep your room cold and dark. Honestly, blackout curtains used to be so expensive way back in the day, but now they're really cheap. You can go to a Winners if you're in Canada or like a TJ Maxx if you're in the United States and get get some for like 30, 40 bucks for your windows. And it makes the world of a difference as for the quality of your sleep. Especially if you're going to be one of those people that wakes up early and goes to bed early when it's a little bit bright outside. So, blackout currents, game changers, absolutely. They're really cheap. You can get a sleeping mask, also, it makes a world of a difference. Now, no medication. All right, I put that on the list. If you have to use um, medication, or like, for example, we'll just use melatonin because it's the most used one when it comes to having a hard time falling asleep. If you always take in melatonin, your body will become dependent on it and will stop producing melatonin on its side. And it will always be reliant on it. And so what happens when you stop taking, sorry, the melatonin supplement, because you either run out or you want to stop, it's going to take a while before your body kind of get kick-started into using melatonin. And I'll be honest, I was one of those people. I knew that, but I was like, I need to guarantee that I have a good night of sleep. I need to guarantee that I fall asleep. So I would just take melatonin. I would just take like two milligrams, one milligram every night. And I did that for the longest time, probably for the, like, I stopped a month ago. I was probably taking it for like eight months total of taking like melatonin every night. because like, I just need to make sure I fall asleep. I just need to make sure I fall asleep. That was my reasoning behind it. But then I was talking to, to my girlfriend, Ivy, and she's like, oh, I had these crazy dreams. I was like, I don't dream. <laughs> I don't dream. I wake up. It's like, I, I fall asleep. I black out and I wake up and it's daytime. And I was like, wow, I just, it, it feels like I'm missing out on something. If I'm not dreaming, there's a level of deep sleep that I'm not achieving. And so I stopped using melatonin over a month ago uh and i've been dreaming every single night since then and i wake up so much more rested from it um and it's all science shows that it's not good to rely on melatonin to fall asleep but just out of my personal experience like i dreamt i've been dreaming every night since I stopped taking melatonin over a month ago versus when I was using melatonin for like eight, eight-ish months, I wasn't dreaming at all. And the level of recovery that I was getting through my Oura Ring is completely different now, right? I get a lot more REM, a lot more deep sleep um, when I when I wake up and I look at my stats in the morning. So not relying on these things will make the world of a difference. If you're looking for some supplementations to take at nighttime, right, to kind of help you, um, you know, magnesium citrate, like in, in warm water, um, there's a company called, there's a brand called Calm uh, that's very popular, you've probably heard of it before. Take some easements to relax the body. Um, valerian root, right? There's a lot of different mushrooms and herbs that you can drink to kind of help you fall asleep more naturally. But honestly, the big thing to ensure that you produce melatonin at the right time at the evening time will be to get some sun exposure first thing in the morning right? When you wake up and you go outside, right? whatever it is. It doesn't have to be right away, but be like 15 minutes later, 20 minutes later, you go outside, get some sun, go meditate, go read outside, go do something, go walk your dog, get some sun exposure, look at the sun, right? It's going to tell your body, hey, it's daytime. Let's start waking up. And there's a cascade of emotion that will of emotions, sorry, of hormones <laughs> that will take place throughout the day that will ensure that you produce melatonin at the right time at nighttime, all right. So it starts actually in the morning if you are to produce melatonin at night. So getting some sun exposure in the morning makes the world of a difference. What I would do is I would meditate and read inside the house and I would go outside for a bit and i come and get some sun exposure and come back in the house. And what I started doing is I just brought my camping chair outside in my backyard And I just go out there first thing in the morning. I'll just go out there, I'll go and meditate, I'll go and pray, I'll go and read my book. And the whole time I'm getting sun exposure and I come inside the house and I start working. And that's also made a huge difference as to the quality of my sleep and how tired I am at nighttime so I can actually fall asleep at the right time. And so yeah, just go and meditate outside, just go and read your book outside when you read in the morning and it'll make the world of a difference. Now the other one is obviously cutting out blue light. Like yes, we can produce melatonin at the right time in the evening time. But if we're constantly telling our body like, hey, it's daytime, you need to stay awake, you need to stay awake, even though you've programmed your body to get some sun exposure and produce melatonin at the right time, you're dimming it with exposure to blue light. So a few things you can do, right? Well, let's use the road of ideally, you shut off your TV, shut off your phone, your laptop, your iPad one hour before bedtime, right? Realistically, I know not a lot of people are gonna do that. So getting some blue light blocking classes makes the world of a difference, right? Wearing that as you're watching your favorite show, as you're on your phone, whatever it may be, um, can can make a lot of big, can make actually a big difference because I know you're not gonna shut off all your electronics one hour before bedtime. So if you are, good for you. If you aren't, like me, blue eye blocking glasses will make the world of a difference, all right? Um, and then the other one is, we kind of talked about this a little bit at the beginning, talk about your sleep chronotype, type, but changing up your schedule for sleep prioritization. A lot of our society, a lot of people in society and what is being perceived as good is if you're busy, if you're hustling, if you're always on the go, like if you don't have any dead time in your day, that means you're doing something good. It's, it's, it's a childish word, but it's stupid. (laughs) It is not supposed to be that way, right? Busy doesn't mean productive. Busy doesn't mean efficient. Busy doesn't mean that you're actually progressing towards the things that matter to you. Right? It's okay to have some downtime. It's okay to have some breathing room. And a lot of our lives, we tend to fill up this the, our, our daily schedule with things that are not necessarily serving us. They're not necessarily the most efficient in terms of our time usage. And then the first thing that we're gonna cut into is sleep, right? We will neglect and cut on sleep first thing before we remove anything else from our plate. And it should be the opposite. Right? Sleep is essential and critical to life to the point where they talked about this in the, in the book that they were someone wanted to do a sleep deprivation world record and they said, no, you can't do that. It's too dangerous. But they're okay letting someone jump off a hot air balloon and break the, the barrier of sound with their body. But you can't do a sleep deprivation contest because that's how critical and damaging it is to the body and you, and you can die from it. Right. And so, what I think needs to happen is we need to find our time that we like to go to bed, right? A sleep chronotype. If you have kids, I understand it will be a little bit harder, but not impossible for you to get a good night of sleep because I have tons of members in my program that have two kids, three kids that work 40 hours a week and they are still able to get really good nights of sleep. Their whoop score are through the roof, their o ring score are through the roof. right? And so, prioritizing that so you have like at least eight hours in bed, plan to have eight hours in bed and that you're able to go to bed on time, that you're in, you're actually in bed for that long, because let's be honest, no one has 100% sleep efficiency, it's actually impossible. Um, you know, I think the numbers that they shared is if you're between 20 and 50, you're looking at about like 90% sleep efficiency. So 90% of the time you're in bed, you're asleep. Um, and then as you're getting older, it kind of declines a little bit, looking at like 85% to like 75% of sleep efficiency. And the older you get, the like lower it gets, and you're actually working on ways to kind of improve that but you're not gonna be asleep for the full eight hours. And so, you know, sometimes I give myself eight hours and a half uh, to nine hours in bed so that I can get the full amount of sleep that I need to get. Because let's be honest, every day, what do you have to do? You have to work, you have to eat food, you have to spend time with your partner, you're gonna work out. And then you have a lot of free time during your day, either bring your kids to activity, playing a specific sport for yourself, doing extracurricular activities, whatever it may be. And there's always a wiggle room of like two-ish hours, right? Majority, I can't remember what the stats are on the amount of TV that people watch per day, but it's for sure more than two hours per day, right? So there's a lot of wiggle room there that can be utilized to put towards sleep. Like what if you just watch one hour of TV instead of three and you put those extra two hours towards you going to bed and then the next day you feel even more awesome and you have a lot of energy and then you want to do the right things. Because a lot of the things that we struggle with are directly correlated to sleep. If you get a bad night of sleep, you can't think straight. You make reactive decisions instead of responsive. Um, You have more cravings. You're more cranky. Like things just get worse (laughs) when you're tired. I don't know for you guys, but things just get worse when you're tired compared to when you're rested. Um, you can make the right decisions, you're more at peace, you're less anxious, you're more present, you enjoy more of life. And so being able to shift your schedule to remove some of these things that are not serving you, like just cutting out TV, the amount of TV you're watching at nighttime will make the world of a difference, right? So just to reiterate some of these points to help you wake up early and feel energized and early is in, in respect to whatever your sleep chronotype is. For some people, this is gonna be 4 a.m. where they naturally wake up, right? One of my business partners, Uh, For one of my other companies, he wakes up at like 4 or 5 a.m. naturally. I wake up around 6 to 7 a.m. naturally. And then another of my business partners for another venture I have, you know, wakes up at like, I think like 8 a.m. naturally, right? And so everyone's a little bit different. And it doesn't matter necessarily at what time you wake up. It's all about how efficient are you being with the time that you're awake. That's a big thing that people miss. Most people are, are awake for 16 hours in a day, right? Everyone has the same 24 hours. You get a little eight hours of sleep there's 16 hours left to your day. How efficient are you being with those 16 hours? There's people with less than you, with more obligations than you that are accomplishing more than you are. There's people with less than me that are accomplishing more than I I am, right? There's always someone doing better than you with less than what you have. And so, but everyone's blessed with the same hours in a day. And so how do you most efficiently use those 16 hours in a day? If you want a cool little example, like draw a map of, like your day or your week, if your schedule changes a lot, and then time block, how you're currently spending your time. And then do that for the whole week, like from Monday to Sunday, time block, okay, like I eat breakfast from Sunday to Sunday, and I drive to work, and then I go to work, and I come from work, and I do this, like look at your schedule, and identify dead time in there, right? Where you're just scrolling on social media, where you're doing a task that is being performed inefficiently, where you're watching a lot of, of TV or things like that, Put all of that, identify all those spots, start to play around your schedule as to how you can make a healthy lifestyle work in terms of getting good sleep, working out and finding time for you to eat and prep healthy food. right? So guys, I hope this podcast episode was helpful. Um, I always like to talk about the topics that I'm currently reading on because it's fresh in my mind. And I don't want to keep just this information for myself. I want to be able to to share it with the world because that's what drives me is to help the world uh, improve, be healthier, disease-proof their body, bulletproof their health. And so if you find this podcast valuable, let me know if you're watching on YouTube in a comment section below. If you're on podcasts, you can leave a review on the podcast show. You can leave some notes and some feedback. If you want to chat with me directly, there's a few opportunities to do that you can head over on instagram i'm always on there answering messages connecting with everyone Uh, and if you're interested in potentially working with our fit vegan coaching team to help you go to the next level in your health and your fitness and your body and your mind then there's a link down below where you can get a little bit more information and apply for coaching if interested Um, and just also reiterate that we have we're now pumping out three podcast shows per week, every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So I'll be sure, always be sure to stay tuned for those. We have some amazing guests coming, which I'm so excited uh, for you guys to hear about. I'm going to keep them secret for now, but we have some great guests coming. Uh, And uh, yeah, hope you guys have a beautiful day. Hope you had an amazing weekend, just coming back from that on a Monday, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Ciao.